After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Fifth, Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Nasrih Al-Aziz stated, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was among those to whom the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave the glad tidings of paradise. Hazrat Abu Musa relates that I was once with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in one of the orchards in Medina. During this time an individual approached and asked for the gate to be opened. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, told me to open the gate for him and to give him the glad tidings of paradise. And so I opened the gate for this individual and saw that it was Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu. I gave him the glad tidings which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, asked me to convey to him. And Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu said, Alhamdulillah, i.e. all praise belongs to Allah. Then another individual approached and asked for the gate to be opened. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, again told me to open the gate for him and to give him the glad tidings of paradise. I opened the gate for this individual and saw that it was Hazrat Umar anhu, And I conveyed to him what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had said. And he also replied, Alhamdulillah. Following this, another individual came and asked for the gate to be opened. And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, told me to open the gate for him and to also give him the glad tidings of paradise, but despite the hardship that would befall him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that give him the glad tidings of paradise as well, despite the hardship that would befall him. He states that I opened the gate for him and saw that it was Hazrat Usman anhu, and I conveyed to him what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had said. And he too said, Alhamdulillah, in response. And he added that we can only seek help from Allah in order to be safeguarded from the hardships. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that Abu Bakr is heaven-bound, Umar is heaven-bound, Usman is heaven-bound, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in this particular tradition, is saying this regarding ten individuals. 
he states, Ali is heaven-bound, Talha is heaven-bound, Zubair is heaven-bound, Abdul Rahman bin Auf is heaven-bound, Saad bin Abi Waqas is heaven-bound, Saeed bin Zaid is heaven-bound, and Abu Ubaidah bin Al-Jarrah is heaven-bound. Abu Huraira has related that they were once in the company of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that I was asleep and I saw myself in paradise. And there I saw a lady performing ablution near a palace. I asked who this palace belonged to, and the people there replied that it belonged to Umar bin al-Khattab. However, I was considerate of his feelings and thus returned. Hazrat Umar anhu was also sitting there at the time, and when he heard this, he started to cry and submitted, O Prophet of Allah, would I ever feel jealousy towards you in any way? Why did you return from there? You should have granted me your blessings. Hazrat Abu Sa'id Khudri relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, If anyone from among the Illiyin would cast his eyes on the people of Paradise, then Paradise would become illumined owing to their countenance, as if it were a glowing star. And Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar are among them as well. And how excellent are both these individuals. Hazrat Abdullah bin Masood relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, one of the individuals from among the people of paradise is approaching you. And it was Hazrat Abu Bakr that came. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, again said that a person from among the people of paradise is approaching you. And it was Hazrat Umar who then came. Similarly, in one narration it is mentioned that Hazrat Anas relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, once stated in relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar that Abu Bakr and Umar are the chiefs of the first ones and the last ones among the elders of paradise, with the exception of the prophets and messengers. Hazrat Abu Huraira relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that Umar bin al-Khattab is a lamp for the people of paradise. Then in another narration of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, with regards to the status of Hazrat Umar anhu is as follows. Hazrat Akwa bin Amir relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that if there was to be a prophet after me, it would most certainly be Umar bin Khattab. That is, if there were to be a prophet immediately after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Otherwise, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had himself declared the Messiah and Mahdi to come as Nabiullah, or a Prophet of Allah. Then, with regards to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, calling Hazrat Umar a Muhaddas, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that there were most certainly Muhaddasin in the previous nations, and if there is a Muhaddas in my nation, then it is Umar bin Khattab. Hazrat Abu Huraira relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that the nations before you had people among them who were muhaddas, and if there is anyone to attain this rank in my ummah, then it is Umar. Muhaddas are those who are recipients of frequent divine discourse and visions. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also stated that among the Bani Israel who came before you, there were individuals with whom Allah spoke to, even though they were not prophets. And if there is someone like this among my Ummah, 
it is Umar. The promised Messiah states that God Almighty always uses metaphors and grants one the name of another based on the similarity they possess in their nature, attributes and faculties. Those in the sight of God Almighty who possess the heart of Ibrahim will be deemed as Ibrahim in the sight of God Almighty and those who possess the heart of Umar Farooq will be deemed as Umar Farooq in the sight of Allah the Almighty. Do you not read the hadith that if there is any muhaddas in this ummah with whom Allah the Almighty speaks to, it is Umar? Now does this hadith mean that there will be no muhaddas after Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Certainly not. In fact, this hadith means that when the need for a muhaddas arises, then one who possesses a similar spiritual condition to that of Umar will become the muhaddas. The Promised Messiah salam, further states that this humble one received a revelation the full revelation is That is, you are a muhaddas, a recipient of divine discourse. As I've mentioned in a previous sermon as well, that Hazrat Umar radiallahu was the one who gave the suggestion to safeguard and compile the Holy Qur'an. I shall also mention some details here. Hazrat Zaid bin Sabit Ansari relates, with regards to when 70 Hufaz, i.e. those who committed the Holy Qur'an to memory, were martyred during the Battle of Yamama in the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr Khilafat. He states, when 70 Hufaz were martyred at Yamama, Hazrat Abu Bakr called me and Hazrat Umar was also there with him at the time. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu stated that Umar has come to me saying that many people have been martyred in the battle of Yamama and he fears that more reciters of the Qur'an may die in future battles and thus many parts of the Holy Qur'an may be lost unless you compile the Holy Qur'an into one form. My advice would therefore be to compile it all into one place. Hazrat Umar anhu's suggestion was to gather all the parchments of the Holy Qur'an in one place. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu then stated, And how can I do something that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, never did? Hazrat Umar anhu replied, That by Allah this would be a great service on your part. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu then said, That Umar has repeated this to me over and over until Allah the Almighty has opened my heart to it. And so now I too deem it appropriate what Umar deems suitable. That is to say that it should be compiled. Hazrat Zubair bin Sabit then began compiling it. And as I have stated, that these details have been mentioned previously as well. Hazrat Muslim anhu has also stated in relation to Hazrat Umar anhu's memorization of the Holy Quran. He writes, that Abu Ubaidah relates that the following Muhajireen companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had memorized the Holy Qur'an. They are Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, Ali, Talha, Saad, Ibn Mas'ud, Hudayfa, Salim, Abu Huraira, Abdullah bin Sa'ib, Abdullah bin Umar and Abdullah bin Abbas. It is also stated 
that certain revelations that were received by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, were such that Hazrat Umar Allah's personal view or opinion was in accordance to it. In the Siha Sitta, i.e. the six most authentic books of Ahadith, there is mention of three instances where Hazrat Umar Allah's view on a matter corresponded to the verses revealed. If one looks at these various narrations of the Siha Sitta in conjunction, they add up to seven in total. In one narration of Sahih al-Bukhari, it is mentioned that Hazrat Umar stated that on three occasions my opinion was in accordance with the will of my Lord. Once I said, O Messenger of Allah, we should make the place of Ibrahim a place of worship. And following this, the verse of the Holy Quran was revealed, وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مُقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُسَلَّةً that is, take ye the station of Ibrahim as a place of prayer. Then in relation to the verse regarding the observance of the veil for women, I submitted, O Messenger of Allah, I wish you ordered your wives to observe the parda, because among the men are virtuous as well as evil ones who speak to them. Following this, the verse regarding the observance of the veil was revealed. Then once, on the basis of their honour, the wives of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came together in a matter with regards to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Upon this I said to them, i.e. the wives, among whom was his own daughter as well, that it may be, if he divorced you all, that his Lord would grant him better wives in your place. And the following verse of the Holy Qur'an was then revealed, that is, it may be that if he divorce you, his Lord will give him instead wives better than you. Then there is a narration of Sahih Muslim in which Hazrat ibn Umar relates that Hazrat Umar stated that there were three occasions when my view on a matter was in accordance to the will of my Lord, that is, the station of Ibrahim, the observance of the veil and in the case of the prisoners of Badr. However, the narration regarding the prisoners of Badr is incorrect. And Hazrat Muslim Maud has explained this at length. And Hazrat Mizza Bashir Ahmed Sahib has also written about this whilst presenting various evidences. And also, various earlier scholars and commentators of the Holy Quran have written about it and proven that the narration regarding the punishments given to the prisoners of Badr is incorrect. And I have also given details about this in a previous sermon. Then there is mention in Sahih Muslim with regards to Hazrat Umar's view to not lead the funeral prayer of the hypocrites being in accordance with the Qur'anic revelation. Hazrat ibn Umar narrates that when Abdullah bin Ubay bin Sulul died, his son Abdullah bin Abdullah went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and requested the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to grant him his upper garment as a burial cloth for his father. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted him the cloth, and he then requested the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to lead his funeral prayer. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went to lead the funeral prayer, Upon which Hazrat Umar stood up and held the cloth of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, you are about to lead his funeral prayer, even though Allah the Almighty has forbidden you from doing so. In response, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Allah the Almighty has given me the choice, and he has stated, that ask thou forgiveness for them, or ask thou not forgiveness for them even if thou ask forgiveness for them seventy times. 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that therefore I will seek forgiveness more than 70 times. Upon this, Hazrat Umar radiallahu submitted that he, I Ubay bin Sulul, was a hypocrite. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, still led the funeral prayer. Thereafter, Allah the Almighty revealed the following verse, that is, and never pray thou for any of them that dies, i.e. the hypocrites, and never pray at their graves. Then in relation to the prohibition of alcohol, there is mention in Sunan al-Tirmazi of Hazrat Umar anhu's opinion on the matter being in accordance to Allah the Almighty's revelation. Hazrat Umar bin al-Khattab prayed, O Allah, grant us a conclusive decision with regards to alcohol. And then the following verse of Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed. That is, that they ask thee concerning wine and the game of hazard. Say, in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men, but their sin is greater than their advantage. When this verse was revealed, it was recited to Hazrat Umar anhu, and having heard it, Hazrat Umar anhu stated that, O oh Allah, grant us a clear commandment in relation to alcohol. And so the following verse of Surah An-Nisa was revealed. That is, O ye who believe, approach not prayer when you are not in full possession of your senses until you know what you say. Hazrat Umar then came once more and this verse was recited to him and he again supplicated that, O Allah, grant us a clear commandment with regards to alcohol. And following this, the verse of Surah Al-Maidah was revealed. That is, Satan desires only to create enmity and hatred among you by means of wine and the game of hazard, and to keep you back from the remembrance of Allah and from prayer. But will you keep back? Hazrat Umar then came once again, and this verse was recited to him, upon which he stated that surely we will refrain from this, surely we will refrain from this. Aside from the narration in the Seha Sitta regarding these instances of agreement, Historians have recorded a number of other incidents of such agreements and Alama Suyuti Sahib has recorded 20 such incidences. The Promised Messiah states, One can understand how high the rank of Hazrat Umar was among the companions, that at times the verses of the Holy Qur'an would be revealed which were in line with his view. There is a hadith in which it is mentioned that Satan flees from the shadow of Hazrat Umar and in another hadith, it is mentioned that if there were to be a prophet after me, it would be Umar. And thirdly, there is the hadith in which it is stated that Muhaddisin, i.e. those blessed with converse with God, have continued to appear in previous nations. And if there is a Muhaddis in my nation, it is Umar. Then there is a narration about how the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would accept the counsel of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, regarding expeditions and this narration is reported by either Hazrat Abu Huraira or Hazrat Abu Sa'id. The narrator Amish was in doubt as to who exactly reported this narration but in any case it is narrated that when the battle of the book was ongoing many people were extremely hungry 
and they sought permission from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to slaughter their camels that were used to carry water as a food source and utilize their fat. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted them permission. And upon this, Hazrat Umar arrived and humbly submitted, O Messenger of Allah, if you allow this, then the number of mounts will decrease. Instead, you could ask everyone to bring their food provisions and whatever they have to eat and pray on the combined food for blessings. And it may so happen that Allah the Almighty bestows His blessings upon it. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, agreed with this suggestion. The narrator continues that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sent for a leather spread and laid it out and asked for the little provisions of food that remained to be brought. The narrator further states that some brought a handful of corn bulbs or dates and others brought pieces of bread, etc., to the point that some small amounts of food were collected on the spread. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed for the food to be blessed and he then instructed everyone to fill their dishes with it. The people began to fill their dishes until every single dish in the army was full and everyone ate to their fill and there were leftovers too. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that he bears witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that he is Allah's messenger and whoso goes before God while doubtlessly bearing witness to these two things he will not be prevented from paradise. This narration was from Sahih Muslim and the same narration is reported in Bukhari by Yazid bin Abi Ubaid on the authority of Hazrat Salma bin Aqwa radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He narrates that during a journey the people's provisions had depleted and they sought permission from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to slaughter their camels. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, granted them permission to do so. Following this, Hazrat Umar who came to them and was informed of what happened, and upon this he asked them how they would survive after consuming their camels. Hazrat Umar then went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and asked as to how they would survive after consuming their camels. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that he should announce to the people to bring their remaining provisions together. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then prayed and blessed those remaining provisions. And he called for the people to bring their dishes, and they began to fill them. When they had finished, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that he bears witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and that he is Allah's messenger. Hazrat Umar also saw a dream about the initiation of the Azan, i.e. the call to prayer. Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala states that the revelation of Allah the Almighty descended upon the companions. And in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Abdullah bin Zaid, who was a companion, was taught the Azan by Allah the Almighty through revelation. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established the practice of Azan amongst the Muslims based on the revelation vouchsafed to him. Afterwards, a Quranic revelation also testified to this. Hazrat Umar says that he too was taught the very same azan but remained silent for 20 days because another person had already mentioned it to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In another narration, Hazrat Umar stated that an angel taught him the azan whilst he was partially asleep. This is what Hazrat Umar reports that he was still partially awake at the time. The following narration from Sunan al-Tirmidhi is one that I have mentioned before as well, but I will mention it once again. The concluding words in the narration tell us that according to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the dream of Hazrat Umar held great importance. 
Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Zaid narrates from his father, who stated that I came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the morning and recounted my dream to him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that indeed this revelation is true. He instructed that I go and relay what I had received to Hazrat Bilal because he possessed a louder and longer tone and he should proclaim these words aloud. Hazrat Abdullah bin Zaid continues that when Hazrat Umar heard the azan of Hazrat Bilal at the time of prayer, he came to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, whilst dragging his mantle, and he said, O Messenger of Allah, I swear by him who has sent you with the truth, that surely I have also seen what was said in the azan. The narrator states that upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that all praise is due to Allah, for this is an even stronger statement. In other words, this meant that the matter was further affirmed. There is also a narration with regards to how Hazrat Umar Allah respected and honoured the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and also understood his lofty status. It is narrated by Hazrat Ibn Umar that he was once accompanying the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him on a journey and was riding a camel of Hazrat Umar and the camel would not remain in control. It would occasionally overtake the amount of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And upon this, his father, Ayy Hazrat Umar radiallahu would exclaim, Abdullah, no one should ever overtake the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Your mount should not pass in front of the mount of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet peace be upon him asked Hazrat Umar to sell the camel to him. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu replied, that it was already the possession of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, purchased it and gifted it to Abdullah, saying that he could do with it whatever he wished. Hazrat Anas bin Malik narrates that once, when the sun began to descend from its zenith, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came to offer the Zuhr prayers and thereafter stood at the pulpit. He addressed the people about a promised time during which many major events would take place. He then said that if anyone wishes to ask him anything, they could do so and he would answer them as long as he remained there. Many people began to cry and weep, whilst the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, reiterated this many times, that they should ask him questions. Upon this, Hazrat Abdullah bin Huzafa stood up and inquired, Who is my father? And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, Huzafa. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, again reiterated that they should ask him questions. Upon this, Hazrat Umar radiallahu stood on his knees and stated that we are content with Allah as our Lord and Islam as our faith and Muhammad, peace be upon him, as our Prophet. Thereupon, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, became silent. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said that paradise and the fire were shown before me in the width of that wall and I have never seen such goodness and evil. A similar narration in Bukhari makes mention of this as well and has been narrated by Hazrat Abu Musa. He narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was asked about certain matters which he did not like. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began to be questioned even more, he became angry and said that they could ask him about whatever they pleased. 
Upon this, one person stood and inquired as to who his father was. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that his father was Huzafa. Then another person stood and asked that, O Messenger of Allah, who is my father? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that his father was Salim, the freed slave of Sheba. When Hazrat Umar ta'ala saw the change of emotion in the countenance of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he submitted, O Prophet of Allah, we repent our mistake before Allah, the High and Mighty. There is another narration of Bukhari in this regard, which is narrated by Zuhri. He narrates that Hazrat Anas bin Malik related to him that once, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was departing, Hazrat Abdullah bin Huzafa stood up and inquired as to who his father was. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, Your father is Huzafa. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then repeated many times that the people should ask him questions. Upon this, Hazrat Umar stood on his knees and submitted, We are content with Allah as our Lord, and Islam as our faith, and Muhammad, peace be upon him, as our Prophet. Upon hearing this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not say anything. Hazrat Abu Qatada Ansari radiallahu narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was once asked about his fasting. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was displeased at this question. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala submitted that we are content with Allah as our Lord and with Islam as our faith and with Muhammad, peace be upon him, as our Prophet and with our bad as being a true covenant. Then there is another narration in Sahih Bukhari which states that once Hazrat Umar who visited the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, whilst he was staying in the upper story. Hazrat Umar relates that I saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, resting on a mat, and there was no bedding in between the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the mat, which caused the mat to leave impressions on his side. He was reclining on a leather pillow filled with bark made from a date palm, and when I looked towards the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's residence, by Allah, I saw nothing but three raw hides. I asked the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to pray for his ummah so that Allah may grant them affluence, because the Persians and Byzantines were given great wealth and attained the riches of the world without having to worship Allah. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, while seated and reclining, said, O son of Khattab, are you still in doubt? They are such people who in this very life have very quickly been given that which they derive pleasure from. I then asked the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to pray for my forgiveness. The Promised Messiah states, Once Hazrat Umar went to the house of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and saw that there was no provisions. He saw that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was resting on a mat, which left impressions on his back. Hazrat Umar saw this state and began to weep. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, O Umar, why do you weep? Hazrat Umar submitted that I weep upon seeing your pain. The emperors of the Byzantine and Persian empires, who are disbelievers, are living lives of comfort whilst you spend your life in these hardships. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, that what concern do I have with this world? My example is like that of a traveller who travels in severe heat on a she-camel and when the searing heat of midday troubles him, he stops to take a rest under the shade of a tree in that very state, and after a few minutes he continues his journey in that same heat. There is an incident where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, asked Hazrat Umar for prayers. Hazrat Umar states that I requested the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, for permission to perform the Umrah, i.e. the lesser pilgrimage, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted me permission and said, 
My brother, do not forget us in your prayers. Hazrat Umar radiallahu states that even if I was given everything in the world in exchange for these words, it would not make me nearly as happy. According to another narration, the words were that, O oh my brother, include us in your prayers. Hazrat Umar radiallahu intense love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, can be gauged from the following incident. This has already been mentioned in a previous sermon as well. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates in this regard that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away and the news reached Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he stood up and said, By God, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has not passed away. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu would say, By God, this is how I felt. He truly thought that Allah would awaken the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so that he would cut off the hands and feet of some people. Then, when Hazrat Abu Bakr arrived, he recited verse 145 of Surah Al-Imran and implored Hazrat Umar to see the reality, after which the matter was resolved. With regards to this, Hazrat Muslim states that upon the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the companions reached the consensus that all previous prophets had passed away. And this happened because when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, Hazrat Umar thought that he was still alive and would return. And he was so convinced of this view that he was ready to behead anyone who said anything contrary to this. However, when Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq arrived, he recited the following verse before all the companions, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ That is, a Muhammad is only a messenger, and verily all messengers have passed away before him. Hazrat Umar states that my legs began shaking and I fell to the ground out of shock. And the companions expressed that it felt as if this verse had been revealed that very day, and they recited this verse that day throughout the markets. Thus, if there was a prophet meant to stay alive, then upon hearing that argument that if all prophets have passed away, then indeed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would have to pass away as well. Hazrat Umar could have said that this is not true because Jesus is alive in heavens. Why then can our Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, not remain alive? However, the fact that the companions remained silent proves that the companions unanimously agreed that Jesus had passed away. The Promised Messiah has also said the same thing on the matter which I detailed in a previous sermon. Hazrat ibn Umar narrates the manner in which Hazrat Umar followed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, faced the black stone and kissed it and cried for quite some time. When he turned around, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, saw that Hazrat Umar was also crying. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, O Umar, this is the place where tears are shed. Abis relates from Hazrat Umar that he went to the black stone and kissed it and he said that I am aware that you are nothing but a stone which can neither harm or provide any benefit and had I not seen the Holy Prophet peace be upon him kissing you then I would never have kissed you. Hazrat Muslim states that once Hazrat Umar was performing the tawaf i.e. circulating the Kaaba when he passed by the black stone and he struck it with his stick and said, 
and I am aware that you are a stone and possess no power within yourself. However, I kiss you only because God has commanded so. Such was his passion for the unity of God which elevated him in the world. He was entirely devoted to the unity of God and could not bear for anything else to be associated with his powers. Certainly he honoured the black stone, but only because it was the commandment of Allah the Almighty to honour it, and not because there was anything intrinsically special about the black stone. He thought that if God Almighty commanded to kiss something so insignificant, then we should be prepared to kiss it because we are the servants of God Almighty and not the servants of any stone or building. Thus, he honoured it, yet he did not allow for the unity of God to be overlooked. Such is the rank of a true believer. A true believer considers the house of Allah to be nothing more than a building made of stones, just like thousands of other buildings in the world that are made of stone. And a true believer considers the black stone to be nothing more than a stone, just like millions of other stones in the world, but at the same time, he honours the house of Allah and kisses the black stone because he knows that his Lord has commanded him to honour these things. Yet, despite the fact that a true believer honours this structure and kisses the black stone, he remains steadfast in the belief that he is a servant of the one God and not the servant of a stone. This was the reality which Hazrat Umar anhu expressed. He struck the black stone with a stake and stated, that you have no significance in my view, for you are a stone just like millions of other stones in the world. However, my Lord has instructed that you should be honoured, and so I honour you. After saying this, he moved forward and kissed the stone. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, returned from Taif and was in Jirana, Hazrat Umar bin Khattab anhu asked him, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the era of ignorance, I promised to one day sit in devotion at the sacred mosque. What do you advise in this regard? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, Go and sit in devotion for a day. Thus, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, taught that no matter when a lawful promise is made, it should be fulfilled. Then the narrator relates that once the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted Hazrat Umar, a woman from the Khums, I spoils of all. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, freed people's prisoners, Hazrat Umar heard their voices and they were saying that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has freed us. Hazrat Umar asked them what happened and they told him that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had freed people's prisoners. Upon this, Hazrat Umar said to his son Abdullah that go to this woman whom the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had granted us and free her. It is said that Hazrat Huzaifa was a confidant of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Huzaifa narrates that an incident took place during the Battle of Tabuk. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, dismounted his camel, he received a revelation. His camel had been sitting, and it stood up and started pulling at its reins. I took hold of its reins, and I took it to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And I sat beside the camel, until the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stood up, and I brought the camel closer to him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked, that who is there? And I submitted, Huzefa. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, that I am about to confide in you, and you must not mention this to anyone else. I have been forbidden from offering the funeral prayer of such and such. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, named a group of hypocrites. After the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar, 
Whenever someone passed away who Hazrat Umar thought could be from that group of hypocrites, he would take Hazrat Huzaifa's hand and take him along to offer the funeral prayer. If Hazrat Huzaifa went along with him, then Hazrat Umar would offer that person's funeral prayer. But if Hazrat Huzaifa took his hand away from Hazrat Umar, then Hazrat Umar would not offer that person's funeral prayer. With regards to Hazrat Umar radiallahu practically fulfilling a prophecy of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the promised Messiah states that Hazrat Umar, who was full of truth and sincerity, had the pleasure of becoming the second Khalifa. In this way, every companion was fully honoured and they received the wealth and the women of the royal courts of Caesar and Chosroes. It is recorded that a companion went to the court of Chosroes whose workers set up chairs of gold and silver in order to display their grandeur. The companion said that they were not overawed by this wealth because they had been promised to receive the bangles of Chosroes. Hence, Hazrat Umar had a companion wear those bangles so that the prophecy would be fulfilled. In relation to this, Hazrat Muslim states that it is not permissible for men to wear gold. However, Hazrat Umar gave a companion the bangles of Chosroes to wear but the companion refused. Hazrat Umar told him off and said that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had said that I see the bangles of Chosroes in your hands. Similarly, when Chosroes' crown and silk garments were received as spoils, Hazrat Umar instructed someone to wear the garments and crown and when he wore it, Hazrat Umar began to cry and stated, only a few days ago, Chosroes was wearing these garments, wearing this crown on his head and was dictating over the country of Iran and today he is running through the jungles. This is the state of the world. On the surface, some may think that what Hazrat Umar did was not correct because it is not permissible for men to wear silk and gold. However, Hazrat Umar had someone wear gold and silk only for a few minutes in order to teach a virtuous lesson. Therefore, the essence was to establish taqwa, i.e. righteousness for the sake of Allah, and all commandments are for this purpose. If, in order to establish taqwa for the sake of Allah, one must leave something that is considered to be a form of worship, then doing so would be a means of reward. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that I was shown in a dream that I was standing beside a well and I used the bucket that was hanging there to draw water out. In the meantime, Abu Bakr came and he drew one or two buckets of water and it seemed as if he was doing it with great difficulty due to weakness and that Allah would cover up his weaknesses and forgive him. Then Umar bin Khattab arrived and the bucket became larger and I never knew such a mighty person as Umar who could perform such a monumental task. He drew so much water that everyone was satiated and then went back to their own dwellings. Hazrat ibn Umar related that he heard the Holy Prophet peace be upon him say that once I was sleeping and I saw during this time that I was brought a bowl of milk and I drank so much from it that I saw it seeping from under my nails. I then took the remaining milk and gave it to Hazrat Umar bin Khattab. The companions asked that, O Messenger of Allah, how have you interpreted this? And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that it indicated knowledge. Hazrat Zainul Abidin Waliullah Shah Sahib writes in the commentary of this hadith, that Fazlul Ilm here does not mean the excellence of knowledge, rather it refers to the knowledge that still remains. 
There is a separate chapter related to the excellence of knowledge, and it can be inferred from the dream of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, its interpretation and the incidents which testify this dream that the conquest of land and worldly glory which was granted to the Muslims through Hazrat Umar was as a result of the knowledge of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which remained to be manifested and was thus made manifest through Hazrat Umar. Owing to his complete and comprehensive knowledge, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had been referred to as Majma'ul Bahrain in the Holy Quran, for he possessed the knowledge to attain success both in this world and in the hereafter. By including the subject of politics under the category of knowledge, Imam Bukhari has alluded to the fact that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, brought the perfect guidance which covers both aspects of life, just as Jesus had prophesied regarding him, that when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. John chapter 16 verse 12 Thus, upon reflecting over the incidents from the life of Hazrat Umar, it becomes clear what the true meaning was of being granted the remaining milk, which he received due to the blessings of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala states, as Hazrat Umar once related his dream to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, wherein he was granted a bowl of milk. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that this milk signified knowledge. Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri relates that he heard the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, state, I was asleep and saw that some people had been brought before me who were wearing an upper garment. The garments were at chest height for some, whilst other people's garments fell slightly longer. And Umar was also brought before me, and his garment was dragging along with him. Upon this, the companions inquired as to what this meant, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that it signified faith. On one occasion, whilst mentioning the various qualities of the companions, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that among my Ummah, the most strongest in Allah's faith is Umar. Hazrat Malik bin Iqbal relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that bring yourself to account before you are taken to account, for this is far easier. Or he stated that this is a far easier assessment to make. He also stated, evaluate your inner self, lest this is done for you, and prepare yourselves for the great day of reckoning. That is, on that day you will be presented before God, and none of your secrets will remain hidden. Whenever Hazrat Hassan would mention Hazrat Umar radiallahu he would say that by God, though he was not amongst the very first people to accept Islam, and nor was he the most superior amongst those who spent in the way of Allah, however, he had no desire for worldly things, and was most strict in implementing the instructions of Allah the Almighty amongst people, and he never feared the reproach of any fault finder. As Asad bin Nabi Waqar states, that by God, although Hazrat Umar bin al-Khattab did not excel us in the acceptance of Islam, however, I do know what he did excel us in, and that is piety and detachment from worldly things. Hisham bin Urwa relates from his mother that when Hazrat Umar travelled to Syria, his upper garment was torn from the back. This garment was quite thick and long, which was reaching to the ground, and this type of garment was commonly worn in Rome. 
Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu sent this garment to the people of Azriyat or Ella. Ella is a town situated on the coast of the Red Sea, which is next to Syria. In any case, the narrator states that he washed this garment and patched it and also prepared a new garment of a thin white cloth made from cotton. He then took both these garments and presented them to Hazrat Umar radiallahu Hazrat Umar held the garment which was made from cotton and felt it and stated that it was too soft and then returned it back to the individual. Hazrat Umar radiallahu then stated, Return to me my original garment because among all the garments that one absorbed sweat the most. In other words, the ripped garment which he had patched was better. Hazrat Anas bin Malik relates that he saw Hazrat Umar at a time when he was the leader of the faithful and his garment had three leather patches stitched on them between the shoulders. In another narration, Hazrat Anas states that there were four leather patches stitched on the garment of Hazrat Umar near the shoulder area. The accounts from the life of Hazrat Umar will continue to be related inshallah. But I will now mention a deceased member will also offer the funeral prayer in absentia after the Friday prayers, inshallah. Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib, who was serving as a doctor at the Fazl Umar Hospital, passed away a few days ago at the age of 70. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. Although he was suffering from various ailments, however, he suddenly fell ill and his condition deteriorated, following which he passed away. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. Ahmadiyyad entered the family of Dr. Sahib through his father's cousin, Sayyid Fakhrul Islam Sahib, who was a companion of the Promised Messiah. However, Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib's father, Ghulam Mujtaba Sahib, accepted Ahmadiyyad in 1938 whilst he was still a student. Later, when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III called upon people to dedicate their lives under the Nusrat Jahan scheme, Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib's father, Dr. Ghulam Mujtaba Sahib, was working as a civil surgeon in Karachi at the time, and he took his pension on that very date and then dedicated his life and travelled to Africa in 1970 and continued to serve there till 1999, including Ghana, Nigeria and Sierra Leone. Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib also completed his education in medicine and then worked for around two years in the military. Thereafter, he worked in a civil hospital in Karachi and he also worked for some time in the Jinnah Hospital in Karachi. In 1982, Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib did work for three years and was then posted to Ghana. There he served in a hospital in Techiman and he also had the opportunity to serve in a hospital in Asokore, which his father had started. And he served at this hospital along with his father for three years and was also trained in surgery by his father, who was a very good surgeon. Dr. Tasir Sahib had the opportunity to serve in Ghana for approximately 23 years 
and thereafter he served for 17 years in Fazli Umar Hospital in Rabwa. Thus, his total years of service spanned approximately 40 years. He was married to Amatul Rauf Saiba, daughter of Sayyid Dr. Muzaffar Shah Saib, and Saib Zadi Amatul Hakim Saiba, who was the daughter of Hazrat Muslim Aud, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Dr. Saib had one son and one daughter. His wife, Amatul Rauf Sahiba, states that when I went to visit him during his days of illness, he asked me to convey his salam to Hazur. He sent me his greetings of salam. She states that, however, this time he said it in a manner which seemed as if he was conveying his final salam. She further writes that once in Ghana he fell extremely ill and spent the night in great pain and his condition was extremely severe. At Fajr, he said that someone had said salam and asked me to go and see who it was. I told him that the door was shut, therefore it was not possible for anyone to enter. After an hour had passed, he again told me that he heard a voice saying salam and thereafter, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, his health began to improve and he recovered completely. She further states that I also prayed for him and was told that he would live a long life. His wife further states that he was a very humble, selfless and kind person. He never spoke ill of anyone or backbite and also never complained about anyone. And if someone else ever did, he would always remain completely silent. His brother writes that we observed that even after work hours, he would still be checking patients. He would say that since the other doctors see less patients, therefore I do not wish for the patients who come to the hospital to go back without having been treated for. Therefore, I will take on the work of the other doctors as well. He was extremely virtuous and spoke very little and the security staff and workers of the hospital said that he would always pass them by with a smile and inquire how they were. He would always show kindness to the patients and particularly to the Ahmadi members. And if someone came to him after the hospital hours, he would often check them without taking any fee. The principal of Jamia Ahmadiyya Rabwa, Mubashir Sahib, writes that I had the opportunity to sit with him on a few occasions. He spoke very little and would speak in a very soft, kind, loving and humble manner. He further states that I have never seen anyone display such humility, modesty and simplicity. He further states that I have heard such accounts about him from the people at the hospital as well as the poor people that one truly envies him and is filled with happiness that there are such doctors who serve at the hospital. He then further states, and this is something that I have mentioned earlier as well, that Dr. Sahib would see the patients even after the hospital hours and at times he would be leaving his office as the hospital hours had finished and a patient would arrive However, he would take them into his office in such a manner as if he was waiting for that person. He was extremely kind to the poor. 
Atar Zubair Sahib, who is the chairman of Humanity First in Germany, writes, When I went on tour to Africa in 2004, Dr. Sahib accompanied me in Ghana and in other places as well. We went to Benin also. Atar Zubair Sahib said on one occasion, Dr. Sahib saw a lady who seemed quite anxious. Dr. Sahib asked me to inquire from her what the matter was, upon which she stated, that I have come to meet Khalifatul Masih and I have spent whatever I had and now I have nothing for the return journey. Upon this, Dr. Saib gave her 30,000 francs. He further states that in those days this was almost a month's worth of salary for an average person, which Dr. Saib immediately gave. Hanif Mahmood Sahib writes that he was very moderate and extremely humble. He showed great love and affection towards the life devotees. He further states that once his wife was ill and Dr. Sahib treated her. In fact, he says that they only went to seek consultation from Dr. Sahib and, and did not go with the intention for any treatment. However, Dr. Sahib asked whether they had any patient document, which they did not, and so he immediately called one of his workers and gave him a hundred rupees from his own pocket and asked him to arrange for a patient document and he did not take any money from them, despite them insisting him to take it. He further writes that he possessed a very innocent countenance, and it seemed as if he was an angel in the guise of a human. He spoke very little, and he would very quietly enter the Mubarak Mosque and offer lengthy prayers. Dr. Muzaffar Chodhi Saib, who is a urologist and resides here in the UK, and often goes to Rabwa for Vakfi he writes that he had a very quiet disposition, was extremely kind and compassionate individual. He had a great passion to learn new things so that he could help others. He further writes that whenever I went for Vakfiyarzi and I visited him in his office, he would make me sit on his seat and would sit on the other side himself, even though I would insist that he should remain seated in his place. Lukman Sahib, who is serving as Vakilul Mal Avval Tariqa Jadid, writes, he possessed many qualities and had a great passion for financial sacrifices. Ever since he came back to Pakistan, he would personally come to the office of Daftar Maal Awal and pay his Tariqa Jadid contribution as soon as the new year for Tariqa Jadid would be announced. He further writes, although he was a doctor by profession, however his primary objective was always to serve humanity. And besides allopathic treatment, he would also treat patients through homeopathic treatment as well. It was not the case that he would not accept any other form of treatment. Dr. Naim Saib, who is currently in charge of the hospital in Nasokore, writes that Dr. Saib served as a missionary doctor for approximately 21 years in Nasokore. He further writes that today, upon learning of his demise, many people of the local area who knew Dr. Sahib were extremely sorrowful and they were also expressing their condolences. They said that Dr. Sahib had a very simple disposition, spoke very little and always remained occupied in his work. He greatly looked after the poor and was very hospitable. Besides secular knowledge, he also had a great passion in reading the literature of the Jamaat and the books of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wassalam. Dr. Naim Saib further writes, 
There is no doubt that Dr. Saib rendered an excellent service in the field of surgery at the Asokore Hospital, and we are witnessing the fruits of this even today in the form of patients who come from various countries of West Africa in order to receive treatment and cure, and they mention the name of Mujtaba in their simple African dialect. His name was Tasir Mujtaba, but was known as Dr. Mujtaba. His father initially served at the hospital for a few years, and Dr. Sai was then referred to by the same name. He states that Dr. Sai also built a beautiful mosque in the compound of the hospital. Dr. Saib served with a very selfless spirit and greatly served humanity and used his profession in this endeavour. And I have personally observed a quality in both him and his father that apart from treating their patients, they would also provide medicine for free to the poor patients and also provide them money to purchase food provisions. In fact, they would buy eggs and milk and keep it with them and would give it to the patients and would tell them that this was also essential in order to alleviate their weakness. They would give free medication and also food provisions and they would tell their patients to take it so that their health could improve. Dr. Ghulam Mujtaba Sahib also rendered a great service in Ghana, but Dr. Tasir Mujtaba Sahib developed the scope of this service even further. I also personally know of many Ghanaians who would praise him for his services. In any case, he served with a true spirit of work. And he also specially took care of the life devotees. Whenever they would go to him, he would take special care of them and invite them to his house. And when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV went to Africa on his tour, he also stayed at his house. And hospitality was a notable quality of his. Hanif Sahib had written that he was like an angel, and indeed he was like an angel personified. May Allah the Almighty bestow his mercy upon him and elevate his rank. And in regards to his hospitality, I would like to mention that a man can only be hospitable when his wife demonstrates the same quality in the home. Indeed, his wife is also very hospitable and serves others greatly. Pray that may Allah the Almighty bless her with a long life and good health, and may he also enable their children to continue their good deeds, and may they also do true justice in serving their mother. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shurubri anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yadihillahu falamudillalahu وَمَنْ يُضْلِلُّ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ 